hey, I didn't hear it that time. Yeah, I mean, it popped up, but. Did it pop up for you? Cool. Well, hey, ho, ho, ho. What do you know? <laughs> it is a very special uh, Black Tower podcast because it's the holidays. And yeah, I don't care that you just had holidays. Guess what? It's still holidays. Oh, I got a little thing hanging. There it is. Got it. Um, it's still holidays because it's about to be New Year's. And uh, I checked. And you're allowed to be festivus. You're about to be fastidious um, up until the end of uh, December. Up in, like January 3rd or 4th, you can still get away with it. It's science rules. How are you doing, buddy? Doing good. Chowing down on some uh, garapes. Well, see, tonight I'm going to have some eggnog, um, but I can't just have regular old eggnog. Have some eggnog. I'm going to put a little bit of rum in there. Uh, this is the Allender Nordic style spiced rum. It's going to be delicious. That's going into the, the old nog of the egg. And then uh, because I like it, I cast fireball. Mm. We're going we're gonna to have, we're going to have some, we're going to have fun tonight. I don't care. I don't care who knows it. Very stark contrast here. <clears throat> I'm like, I was I was in the the holiday <gasps> past, oh, like no. past weekend. Yeah, I actually did stuff, and then uh, I will probably be in some degree of a holiday mood this weekend because I'm going down to see the family. Um. So I thought I was being smart. I got this candy cane to mix it, and uh, it broke. Oh yeah, and you're leaking. Oh. And I'm leaking. Yeah. And it I'm looks, leaking. It looks good. It smells like I'm about to die. But uh, happy holidays, mm. everybody. Hmm. We all. Some of the best moments in our lives are when we feel like we're about to die. It also tastes like I'm about to die. Tastes like the holiday season, y'all. Welcome everybody! Welcome everybody to the Black Tower podcast. You know us by now, but if this is some reason this is your first time tuning in, hey, how you doing? I'm Josh. I'm your Soravan Mahal. Um, I am the storm leader. I lead the storms, and uh, I talk a lot of shit. I am your uh, grape Mahal today. I'm your Bajan Mahal, uh, which probably sounds a lot better in editing. Um, yeah, I don't forgot what I did, which is bad. You know, I hadn't done it in a while. It's okay. It's okay. You're battle, here now. So that's, that's what, what matters. Yeah, that's, what that's right. But I, yeah, I'm, I'm Andrew. 
Andrew. And uh, our Amon Khan Mahal Daniel is out on uh, official Black Tar business. I believe he's out scouting a new uh, satellite location <laughs> for the Black Tower. <laughs> he's, he's making the change from LA to right outside of Seattle, right? Uh, something like that. I know it's I know it's just Washington State. Yeah. Somewhere, somewhere in Washington State. I mm -hmm. mean, comparative to the state he's leaving, uh, it's a really small place. So. Yes, yes, that is true. Um, he is joining one of the one of the many thousands of individuals who are seeking life outside of the boundaries of yes. California. Yes, yes, he's he's I, I, he's part of the the mass exodus. <laughs> But I don't think it has, has anything to do with not liking California no. or something. Maybe it's no. just like more stable power grid or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. Any of the, any so of the. explain why he didn't choose Texas. Because also <laughs> not a stable power grid. And with this winter weather that we're having, it's going to come out to the Midwest and the East Coast. Texas is probably sitting there like, oh, shit. Dude. Well, and then there was last year when Texas was like under 200 feet of snow and ford uh their stock went up by like ten dollars a share because everybody realized hey i can hook my truck up to my my house and power my entire house with my truck like wow that was awesome i, I was very impressed yeah. with that well it's like 40 degrees here and it's been 40 or below every night this week which is relatively rare for a seaboard city on mm. the east coast in the south um we've actually had to use the heater a little bit so i mean wow. I, I say that i mean my heater set at 65 because i like it cold and i only did 65 to knock out that little bit of chill that was making like the little pickies just a little right. a little chilly so but it, it's been nice um especially because uh so uh, uh the girlfriend and i uh, we did early Christmas this past weekend so that she can spend the actual holiday with Aww. her folks and uh, me with mine. And one of the lovely gifts she got me was a new jacket, a nice zip-up uh, Columbia fleece. That's awesome. Yeah. Hell yeah. Then she told me that it, was in the, that it was in the wrong color. But I'm going to wind up with two of them because not only did wherever she ordered them from tell her she didn't have to send that one back, they are sending her the color she actually ordered, which I think is black. Because this one is like light blue and regular blue so nice. i have gone from a uh, a man with no jacket to a man with many jacket <laughs> great success be impressed <laughs> my neighbor's wife cannot get jacket great success great success he no can afford yeah but it's actually coming in use because like my thing is I, I i'm definitely one of those stubborn people that will like just not wear a jacket Ah, yes. More so because it's pullover than anything else. Because of the inconvenience of what it does to, like, my hair. This this is a very delicate balancing act. Right, up right. Up here. Because, um, like, forever ago, I got, like, the, the... I went and got a haircut. And for whatever reason, the guy decided he wanted to line up, like, my hairline. And mm. that meant cutting off the widow's feet. So that's been, like, trying to grow back for, like, the last two months. Dude. You know, it kills don't me. Cut, don't cut off people's, at least ask before you cut off somebody's widow's feet. All right. That's, that's a, that's a thing too. I'm noticing like a lot of people that have like a line up in their hair and I don't understand. I mean, like me, I got a five head as it is. Right. 
Like, I don't have a forehead. Well, I was I just looking. This head. looks like receding hairline, but it's just because all the hair is pulled back on. Um, or maybe it is. Who the hell knows? I've been bald know. before. I'll be bald again. Do you know what? I might, I might do the Hulk Hogan, you know, like when I start going bald up top and just grow out the, the side and be like, oh, yeah, brother. Um, I might. I don't know. We'll see. Party with a hat, but without a hat, you're some kind of like old school punk rock. That's rock. right. Dude, it's like going to a Dropkick Murphy show nowadays and seeing like the people that are like 40s and 50s and they're like, yeah, Dropkick, baby. And I'm like, I'm one of them. <laughs> I went to all dude, fun and games until the laser started bouncing off everybody's forehead. Dude, I went to a Dropkick Murphy's concert a few weeks back. Um, super fun, total blast. And I'm standing there and there's all these kids there. And I'm like, oh, that's cool, man. The younger generation is the younger generation is shit. And I'm like sitting there thinking the younger generation is well, fuck off, man. And then I'm talking to this lady and she's bald and she's like total badass lady. Like we were like going back and forth and just having a grand old time. Um, I thought she was bald because of like, you know, punk rock and she's still like in it. No, it turns out she was terminal. <laughs> I was ah. like, oh, I'm glad I didn't say anything. Like I'm thinking inside, but she's also like, ah, get my hair, like in my face. That's what it is. But she was also yeah. super cool. So like it was it was a lot of fun. We hung out a little bit, had a couple of drinks. It was a good time. I mean, good if you need an excuse to have a good time and you just happen to be terminal, like you have the best reason to do whatever you want. So. I mean, that's right. I mean, do, it, do what you got to do. So, I don't know. Ah, we're, we're going on, long, on, on tirades. We didn't get our, our pre-episode discussion. We didn't. Because I've got to... Because yeah, I've got to dip out uh, kind of early tonight to go do. Oh, uh, that's right. Thing. Okay, well, oh. well, so you need to go to Black Tar Pod. You need to go to blacktarpod.com. You need to do that. That that's the thing you have to do. You absolutely have to because it's always growing. It's always in, uh, getting better and bigger and amazinger. Um, we've got a couple of we got some new things popping up there in the merch store coming up here pretty soon gonna be exciting take a look at that um, stickers just went out yes went out today so obviously holiday delays in mail but if you are a patreon of ours soldier tier or above your sticker is in the mail and we have your address because you can opt out of the yes business. if you don't want them you don't have to give your address we we do have a couple of people who have said, I love you, Black Tower Podcast, and I just want to support you. Please don't send me anything. We Which, you. to you guys, like, that's just sweet. Thank you. Oh, they're not coming in fancy envelopes this time because I ran out and kind of forgot that I ran out and didn't order new envelopes <laughs> until today. Uh, which we did change. I did. I inverted the color scheme so it's no longer black envelope with uh, red text and oh, good. black QR code. It's now a red envelope everything else is black uh so black text black qr code uh so you can actually see it scan it and read it and your phones might actually use it it just goes to blacktarpod.com but very nice that'll be fixed so nice that's done and there's some other stuff that we got to get ready and send out because december is another merch month so if you're dedicated tier or above keep your eyes on your mail post first of the year because uh, even if we order stuff today, it probably will not ship out and arrive until 
That's true. Right around the first of the year, maybe start of the next year. We'll get um, to your stuff next year. Ha! Because that joke never gets ah! done. And you're not, you're not even a dad yet. Wait a minute. Are you a dad? That I'm, uh, not that I know of. I mean, that was a pretty solid dad joke. I know it's overused, but... I think a lot of them. I mean, a lot yeah. of them. So I might, I might have a... a, a the the classics are a classic somewhere. for a reason. Like, come on. After you've gone to blacktowerpod.com and seen all you can see and done all you can done and buy all the merch because you want it on your, your body, your sexy body, after you got all our sweet, sweet merch, you know what you need to do next. What you need to do next is go over to the lovely Crystal Barista chibi art that's on our page. Click that art and go to the Crystal Festival, go to the Crystal Barista's website. Um, check out all the amazing rocks, gems, crystals, minerals, and amazingness that's there. They got subscription boxes. Go to the Crystal Festival, too, if you can. Oh, dude, you absolutely should. Um, the Crystal Festival it will be happening all over Utah next year. We got like 12 different, I want to say 12, maybe a couple fewer. But we've got Crystal Festival events happening like from Logan, Salt Lake City, all the way down to like St. George. Um, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, do not miss out. If you're, if you are, if you're a couple hours away from any of those locations, like it's worth the drive and it's a free to get in show. You don't have to pay anything to get in. That's always nice. Um, all right. Well, today's episode, Andrew, do you want to kick that part off? Oh yeah, we can, we can do something like that. So before we get into what today's episode is actually about, we need to do as always and make sure we give you protection before we talk about Gilbert Gottfried's favorite Will of Time character. The Black Tower stands fully erect. When the tower is bulging at full erectness, you must protect yourself from tainty spoilers. Your spoiler condom must cover the immense girthiness of all 14 books of Robert Jordan's The Wheel of Time. With an itty bitty tip at the top for the prequel New Spring. If your condom is too small, you will get tainty spoilerages all up in your eye. Or ears. You, you have, have been, been warned. warned. I love that. Hey. I love I, oh. I love that one so much. It's so good. Oh. I love Twitch. Yes. The web the first Twitch and company. Gleeman. I cannot English. No. Yeah. Don't English. Gleeman's apprentice. Fantastic folks. Go and give them a listen. Go and check them out. Tell them Black Tower sent you. Or don't. Depends on if you're embarrassed or not. If you got Twitch, um, also, yeah, yeah. Um, also, if you do have a, one of our Black Tower coins, Twitch is not afraid to coin check your ass. So just That's true. fair warning. He, he coin checked me, but I have my coin, so he had to buy me beer. <laughs> okay. yeah. um, I got incredibly lucky because guess who didn't have their coins at the Gathering Madness? Oh, snap. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, because I, I switched to that little. I have the little Ridge wallet. Yeah, and I don't. I no longer have one. It just sits Ooh, yeah, you out. better correct that, son. I gotta figure. I mean, I got until April to figure it out. So, <laughs> so I mean, we'll we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, now that uh, the spoiler warning is out there, um, 
I had a line of thought and it just like that disappeared. One Tonight's recording. It's holiday itis. It is. Holiday itis. Even though I'm not taking any extra time off of work. But at least I get Monday off. So that's fine. Anyway, uh, speaking of someone that never took a Monday off, we're going to talk about one of the Forsaken. Perhaps one of the strongest Forsaken. Well, not perhaps. Definitely one of the strongest Forsaken. Yes. Um, on par with Luz Theron Telemon on par with Ishmael, if not maybe a little, just under both of them. But I think he was on par. Um, but we'll find out for sure as we explore Demandred. <laughs> Demandred! Yeah, I think I think uh, book six is the first time we see him, isn't it? Is the Lord of Chaos is the first time he... Or does he do anything... Yeah. That's the well, first time he's we're mentioned in Eye of the World, but yeah, We've, we yeah. see him the first time in, uh, in Lord of Chaos prologue, but he's mentioned in Eye of the World. Right. So um, he is he is released um, at the end of the Eye of the World when the rest of the Forsaken are released. Um, a lot of them are kind of doing their thing. Demandred has this kind of different strategy he's actually really 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 smart kind of guy um he was freaking wicked smart wicked smart he's a wicked smart guy um and he ends up being so well we'll just we'll just go with this introduction in the books which is uh lord of chaos he travels to shayogul he is escorted into the boar by shedar haran and uh, this is the first time we meet Shadar Haran as well, or do we see him before as well? I think I think it's the same kind of thing. He's mentioned prior, but this is the first time he actually has any kind of movement in the plot. Um, could, it could be. Even Demandred doesn't know who he is at this point in time, like because Demandred's like, "You may leave, half man," and and uh, he's like, "Yeah, sure, whatever, buddy." Uh, I'm just going to stand right here. He doesn't even acknowledge it, which really pisses the Mandred off. And the only way, the only reason he doesn't like get to work is uh, the Dark One starts screaming inside Demandred's skull. Um, I think, which <clears throat> I think it's weird because, like, um, when we see Mo Gideon led into uh, into Shao Ghul by Shadar Haran, she is actively like venomous towards Shadar Haran. But Demandred, he's 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 curious of, of Shadar Haran, but he's not villainous or, or evil or, or spiteful towards him at all. Right. Because I think Demandred very quickly uh because one Shadar Haran doesn't have to come and, and collect him. He's summoned there. He comes of his own accord and is then led by Shadar Haran. Um no, that's there, a good there's point. a degree there's a degree of acknowledgement and respect for Demandred um, that sets a different tone for that. The fact that he was summoned, not retrieved, like uh, Mogidian was. Uh, also, Mogidian, like, super fucked up, and then super fucked up again, and then super fucked up again. Um, so, yeah. But Demandred seems to either pick up on the fucking hints or, or recognize that, like, this isn't a normal merge all. The fact that they're standing here at the entrance of Shao Ghul and are leading me in, shit here doesn't happen just because a Merjol decides, hey, I'm important now, so I'm going to take charge. Like, 
the shit right. here only happens because the great lord of the dark decrees it so and um so then yeah so then we move into the into the scene that um that is so famously narrated amongst the fandom now thanks to a, a certain documentary Super, super cool group there as well. If you haven't listened to Takaranria, listen to them. They're awesome. You should. They're fantastic folks. Joe, Jen, um, and Tom, right? Yeah. Hmm? Joe, Jen, yeah, and Joe, Tom. Jen, and Tom. Um, and they did they did a uh, Gilbert Gottfried cameo and had him read the demand uh, the lines for the dark one in that opening prologue, and it was it was pure poetry, audio poetry. What was interesting too is even with so Demandra doesn't have to scramble to get into uh, the uh, the cavern or, or whatever have you, um, and he doesn't have to like really duck so like that. I mean they're they're right above his head, and he notices that they seem to move out of the way for Shadar Haran, just right. further cementing his whole like what I'm sure is his mental thing of yeah, not not really fucking with this one like. This one might have been Aganors at one point, but it's no longer Aganors. Right. Um, not that any of them ever technically were, but um, he doesn't have to scramble. So this is a very, in very stark contrast to what we've already, I believe we've already seen at this point, Mogidian be summoned to Sh- uh, Gul. Um, I think so. So this is what it looks like whenever you're not on the shittiest of the shit list and you <laughs> come to no- talk to the boss. The dark one's naughty list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but there's still a there's still despite the stark contrast of the tone of it there's similarities as well there's the immediate prostration um uh by demandred which might even be considered more impactful and more respectful because he wasn't forced on his knees trying to avoid getting crushed to death so right yeah it's it's one of those scenes that like is so simple to a degree but like it expands on the relationship between the forsaken and and uh shaitan yeah you, when you can compare it to the other. yeah you get a when you compare the two as you're saying side by side you get a real distinct sense that first off even if you're on the dark one's nice list like demandred is here there's still a reminder that your life hangs in the balance you you are not guaranteed safety you are not guaranteed uh exaltation in any kind of way you are very much the dark one's bitch and you will perform accordingly or it can all be snapped away like that um as we've seen with like asmodian um land fear later on in the books etc etc um Let's say, let's see. So going back to the Age of Legends, Demandred was born Barad Belmedar. He was born one day after Luztheran. And the the <laughs> he's he's just another one of the Forsaken who were just like super jealous of Luztheran. Like that's that's kind of his. Why are you chopping off my vibe, bro? His character, like that's it. Like it's like one of those, like uh, you know, he goes to school and he's super, super smart and super skilled and super strong in the power. Austin Powers. What? 
he's he's Doctor Evil to Austin Powers. Um, and uh, the one where they find out they're brothers. What is that? Goldmember. Oh. I think I think it's in Goldmember <laughs> where they went to the same school, and even though Austin Powers is much lower uh, on the list, he still got the International Man of Mystery. Who throws a cupcake? Yes. Oh God. <laughs> Seriously. Damn. That's all I could see now. Like little little Barrett Midar in school. <laughs> yeah. Who throws a cupcake? Oh, Honestly. Samuel walks up. I'm number two. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Meanwhile, Lou Saren's over there banging Ileana, the French teacher. <laughs> <laughs> A whole nother lore to the start of the wheel of time. <laughs> uh, if you look very closely, you can see that the dragon's vein is actually uh, dragon's uh, thing is actually uh, the male gender indicator. Little thing, the circle with the arrow. That's well. We already know RJ loved to do like the like the evolutionary setup thing. So that's what it was. That's what that is. That's the evolutionary dragon's vein is just that just. But with the curved arrow. Damn it, Andrew. Not while I'm about to drink. <laughs> it's a perfect time. I had a bad I habit have... of doing that to my old boss, and the number of times she almost drowned nowhere near <laughs> water is horrifying. Um, let's see. Anyway. So young Barrett Medar, Barrett Bell Medar was a accomplished author. He was an accomplished uh, statesman. Uh, had lots and lots and lots of fame, renown. Um, but it just seemed like every single time Luz Theron would just edge him out for, you know, the top spot. And that really got under his skin, really pissed him off. He didn't like that. He also wanted Ileana as well. So oh, did he? Yeah, yeah, he wanted Ileana as well, but oh. Louis Theron again ah. beat, he beat him in the the game of power, in the game of academic acclaim, in the game of uh, any sort of, of honor, and in the game of love. Damn! Like, oh, uh, is that person that like? Oh, it's it's kind of like so you have these like gamers that go on to play esports, and some of them just kind of have like this natural talent. Right, and then you have somebody that's like played games their entire life and gotten better, and like they're just always stuck at number two, no matter right. how hard they right. train. Yeah, kind of like Frieza before Frieza trained. Right, right. But uh, but yeah, no. So yeah, I mean, he, if you come in second every time, eventually you're gonna get petty and spiteful. Like, if it's well, always the same freaking guy. And it's every freaking time. Yeah. <laughs> if you can't accept it, you're good, you're just gonna get bitter. And not only that, but when you've when it's not it's not even just a thing about being bitter though. It's also a thing about like you were saying, he gets beat at every turn, and the it, it, so he I, I feel like you've got this kind of a situation he says okay loose there and beat me here cool um i'm gonna try this now and then loose there and goes over there and beats him there too 
okay fine i'm gonna go try this now and then lose there and beats him there and he's like working hold on just one second <laughs> he does the thing he does the thing he does the thing he gets ass kicked at every turn and makes me think of um uh we make this reference all the time but harry potter right mm -hmm. so harry just shows up is completely ignorant of the magical world and just nails things every time he turns around and then you got Hermione or Hermione whatever um h girl that uh has Her all the mommy. book knowledge yeah uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. um <clears throat> uh, and then you got ron that's got like all the technical know-how like he grew up around magic and yeah he's got all the experience uh Hermione has all of the book knowledge. And then there's Harry with just raw talent. And no matter what, even the combined efforts of Ron and Hermione come in second every time. You know, I, I will the say- The only so way I, they beat Harry in love is they yeah. want to fall in love with each other. And then just for good measure, Harry says, you know what, that's fine. I'm going to go fuck your sister. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I I feel like Ron would have been like when uh, when Chandler and Monica got together and Ross was like, my best friend, my sister. And then they were like, yeah, dude, like, it's OK. Everything's great. And then all of a sudden he's like, my best friend, my sister. <laughs> I feel like I feel like that was the conversation that Ron had with Ginny and Harry. I mean. I can I can imagine it too because you know uh, that were they actual real people. They've had their they've had their 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 broy conversations, right? Oh yeah, oh you know just like every everybody has their conversation with their friends about who they find attractive, who they like, blah 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 blah. And they've uh, they've definitely shared some butter beers and the like, and been on that sugary drunk high, and said <laughs> some things or talked about stuff they're into. And now Ron is burdened with that knowledge that oh. Harry's pulling out, pulling out the, the magical bondage rope. Can you imagine, <laughs> like, real quick and be like, bro, this Speaks one right parcel here. tongue to the bondage This rope. right here, panty peeler, look. <laughs> Lipsicus moisticus. <laughs> and then while they're in the bar, he's like, bro, that's badass. Oh my God. And then like, you know, next year they come back and Harry and Ginny are like, and Ron's like, I can't use any of those spells you taught me, dick. Oh. <laughs> uh, he just like tries to listen to the door or like walks by, <laughs> walks by like Ginny's bedroom door. Just his Harry like speaking parcel tongue between her legs. <laughs> Let me open your chamber of secrets. <laughs> Which is doubly fucked up because she was taken hostage in the chamber. Oh, that's just fucked up all around. The Mandred. <laughs> Mandred is definitely that person that becomes Tom Riddle, but yes. it's like more in the like. If Tom Riddle was around to hate Harry Potter before, there was a reason. That doesn't make any sense, but you get what I mean. So. Demandred's last straw moment happens during the War of Power. 
Um, Demandrid discovers the ancient texts in the art of war and immediately considers himself to be a superior tactician. Um, well, when Luz Theron, you know, was once again outdid him uh, and became appointed the commander of the forces of light, um, Demandred was like, okay, I I'm done. I am so over this. I'm sick of this dude beating me and everything you know what i'm going to do to prove my point i'm going to go to the shadow and i'm going to command their forces and i'm going to lay a smack down on luz theron the likes of which the world has never seen now i don't i i don't know why he thought this one would work but <laughs> none of the rest of them did but because it's always a next time Next, I win again, Demandred. That's I mean, what Luce so the, the Theron was saying. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is one of those common things that you find amongst like uh, stories and mythos and anime and stuff about the people that are just intrinsically disadvantaged. I mean, look at Vegeta. If Vegeta's entire story arc until, well, even still to some degree now, is yes. I'll beat Kakarot next time. I'll yes. never let him beat me again. And then every time, the next time, Kaka Carrot beats his ass again. Kaka Carrot. Don't take me live, Kaka Carrot. Um, but um, it's the same kind of same kind of deal. And it's and it's one of those things that I I think maybe in the manga now that Vegeta has started to accept as they're kind of looking like they're maybe moving away from Vegeta and Goku being the most central focus. Well, that maybe as he starts to accept that, like, that all of Kakarot's thing or all of Goku's things aren't actually bad. Like, like Vegeta goes to Yardrat to follow yes. in the steps of Goku to learn um, spiritual control and spiritual key, and he comes away now with like his version of Ultra. Was he get like Ultra Ego? Yeah, which is which is funny. Um, well, I think you get that. The Mandarin does the opposite. He just yeah. sticks with the next time I'll win. Right. Well, and, and it shows, it shows, I think, something that is, that is absolutely brilliant that I've said again and again and again um, in this book series. Look, everybody's going to have a time in their life when they face some kind of trial, some kind of, 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 of tribulation, some kind of ordeal. Now, you, you will have a choice. It, it will not seem like... Some ordeal some hors d'oeuvres please now it will not seem like it at the time you know uh it's always easiest to say oh i don't have a choice what am i going to do there's nothing i can do but in those moments not only do you have a choice not only do you have the ability to work through this but those moments are when that choice is so much more poignant and so much more important that you make the right choice. Um, Demandred in this moment makes entirely the throughout his entire competition with Luz Theron, he makes the wrong choice. And he makes that choice over and over and over again and never learns that lesson and learns to find that acceptance kind of within himself and being like, you know what? I'm enough for me. Because I have to imagine there's like a thousand other people that competed with Luz Theron and lost and went, shit, the better man won. 
You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> they do call him the dragon for a reason. Well, if I'm going to lose, I may as well lose to the best. Ah, lose. That's what I'll call him from now on. <laughs> Imagine all the people that did say stay like completely salty about the whole thing, and whenever he finally became Kinslayer, and they're like, "Ah, you suck. It's all your fault." <laughs> like, oh wait, reality around us is crumbling. Ah, well, at least I stayed sane longer. Well, at least it started. wasn't my fault. <laughs> at least I didn't fucking kill my wife. Go right though. No, I can. I can actually see that. Which I can see some Lewis of the people. I can't say that, and neither can some uh, TikTok. TikTok I mean, you know, there's that. Speaking of TikTok, um, I did a TikTok in which uh, so Critter had done a TikTok talking about like um, Aja's, and then someone asked a question about the Black Tower, and she was like, "Well, oh, the Black Tower, you know, they're probably not going to have Aja's," and she talked about some of the down points of Aja's. And then asked the question at the end, like, what do you think? Do you think there's going to be Aja's for the Black Tower? And I jumped on there and I just commented as Black Tower. I was like, <clears throat> and she's like, oh, hey, Black Tower. I figured I'd be seeing you. <laughs> and then I made a video response and I was like, you know, I told everybody about our theory about like Gar, um, the, the, the old tongue for weapon. And how our divisions were a little bit more flexible, but kind of. Yeah. Uh, anyway, a lot of fun run there. Run around uh, committing human rights violations. Uh, that's true. That's true. That's, that's um, a big. So that's a big pro in the in the good. It is. It is. I I don't know if was he the uh, was he the first one to declare for the shadow. Um, I don't I, think he was the first. No, I don't think. No, I think you're um, right. Because Ishmael was was the no. Well, technically, Landfear, I believe, was the first. Yes. Because you know she was kind of right there and was of the two people with any sort of power was the one that didn't fucking die immediately. So. Right. Um. And I think after Landfear was Ishmael, but I think the Mandred might have been like he was pretty early on. I mean. Well, I mean, they already had the war brewing, which I can only imagine was a Shamael mustering dark friends. That's true. Shamael and Lanfear mustering dark friends, starting the war of power, right? Uh huh. And then as Luz Theron was elected or appointed or whatever. Um, oh, wait. So, yeah, he waited. He waited a while, actually. Yeah. He held out, yeah, because like the war of power didn't start until enough people declared for the shadow. So he um, was still a, a, well, I mean, a decent guy. Let's see. Yeah. I mean, but whenever he did go, like, he went with no less flair. Than anybody else because you know Ishmael's right. like cool in the hall of servants I declare you know for yes. the other side yeah I declare you my enemy and then promptly though very closely lost uh to lose there but barely right um the Mandret uh so he did yeah so there were already other chosen so it's the third year into the war of power to Mandret switch sides 
Well, and he, he switched sides because he considered himself to be a better tactician mm-hmm. and thought that, okay, well, since I can't lead the forces of light, I'll lead the shadow and I'll win. And then I'll finally I, smack that smug Louis Theron in the face. I mean, so he was completely convinced that, that Louis Theron in charge was going to lead to the downfall. Right. Um, so I could see Demandred spending, spending, you know, three, three and a half years, something like that, trying to convince the rest of the leadership of the Forces of Light that Louis Theron's plans were costing them, that they were losing, that they were going to lose, and that he was uh, the better fit. And finally, after being turned down for, you know, that joint chief position for that secretary of defense position, like so many times, I imagine at some point that it just kind of snapped. Because I mean, now you've got him where he was all, he was already tacitly kind of under loose there, just like most people were to some, some loose degree, you know, he wasn't sitting there like watching directly over you. He wasn't like your everyday boss for most. But he was still like the head honcho along with the uh, along with the Tamerlan. Um, but at this point, with Demandred being as good with military tactics as he was, and with his access to you know these ancient war scripts, uh, which I could just imagine is just like the Army's Guide to Combat, <laughs> like the U.S. Army's Guide to Combat. It's like <laughs> one pamphlet about Green Beret training. Six pages you know from the Navy SEAL, like Bud's book. It it like, could very well be though, because hmm. me thinking to myself right now, as as an Air Force veteran, right? Now, granted, I didn't do anything. There was not a combat veteran by any by any stretch of the imagination. The majority of my career, I was. I a fought mechanic. to wake up every day. But I I I consider myself to know to understand a pretty decent amount of what it takes to really spin up an organization in order to get it organized and prepared for some kind of strenuous activity right i can i can almost promise you right now that i know an inch of what those men and women go through in order to earn those spots in those special forces so you know it's it's a funny thought to say he probably found an army training manual but at the same time sh- shit maybe <laughs> i can i can see demandred like he gets passed over because as lou Theron is talking about like all these grandiose ideas that like he's mostly kind of like generating of his own mind demandred is out there like doing his bet like doing spetsnaz training with some of the yeah. bros like or he's doing um oh what was the guy that would uh, you've seen the men who stare at goats, right? I've not. Oh, that's oh really with George Clooney and um uh and Ewan McGregor. The men who stare at goats. It's the whole thing about like the army psyops, where they oh, were. Oh, I have like, not. Oh, dude, it's a great movie. Um, it's I mean, on there's one list. of the people in the movie that you definitely that I well, there's a reason I didn't say the other guy because it's got a certain uh, Kevin uh, in it. Um, the uh, the outer space variety. You catch my drift. Okay. He's not right. full. He's got 
plenty of uh, plenty of space. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so barring that that massive blemish on it, it, it's a really good movie. Uh, but they talk about there's this one guy in there who uh, does this like technique that everybody considers ludicrous, where he like holds a knife in each hand and he like cross them and then like he jumps off a ledge at people and like just flails his arms and tries to stab them when he lands. <laughs> like I just like I just picture Demandra just everybody else is like sitting there like reading books and going over maps. And Amandra is just keeping like hopping off of like the first floor like ledge or balcony, <laughs> just flailing his arms with daggers. And, like this is an elite technique. That that first uh, that first trap has got to be like Bill Murray in stripes. Mm-hmm. Army training, sir. <laughs> that's got to be it. I love it, uh-huh. and that that's why he really got fast over. It wasn't because he was inferior; it's because he was batshit already. I mean, yeah, that's it right there. But he decides he decides to leave the shadow and actually does a pretty damn good job. Like Luz Theron starts with war crimes. Yeah, Luz Theron is is losing the war. Um, Really smart because, like, at the end, it's it's Demandred and Bilal are both leading. Uh, forces for the shadow and uh, i guess one of the benefits of of lou uh, of demandred staying around long enough was he probably saw if they didn't already see the starting of the plans for the choden call yes and demandred looks at Bilal, and Bilal looks at demandred and they're like huh that's a problem we should probably do something about that um, which uh, I this is I didn't even know this for today, but apparently that leads into part of the reason why Luz Theron is so adamant about striking at Shao Ghul. And which is another reason I'm so, I'm sorry, I'm gonna say it again. I I will say this with the precursor. I I did enjoy season one of the TV show. I did. I I it was good. The finale, there were so many things that upset me about it. And one of them was that Luz Theron wanted to attack the Dark One. It wasn't that we made a mistake and now we need to seal the boar. It wasn't, you know, anything. It was straight up, we need to attack the Dark One. It had didn't fit i'm sorry i for that's me why I, I didn't so understand much about being, i didn't complain so much about it being trivialized in the stereotypical trope of big strong man must protect child kind of thing the god of war trope if you will yeah no it, it, it's it, it took i i have to imagine that that conversation between luz theron and the Amarillin at the time had to have been one of the most difficult decisions. And the Amarillin had to have been like, I know why you want to do this. This isn't the way. If Luz Theron in the TV show had said, we are barely holding the forces of the shadow back. We need to seal the boar and cut off 
their access to the dark one. Aha! Now I have some type of connection to this. Now, and even then, even then, that's not something that necessarily non-readers will not understand. They can understand we're being besieged by the forces of the shadow who are getting the majority of their power from the dark one. The dark one strengthens them. The dark one emboldens them. So we cut off their connection to the dark one. And then she says, it's too dangerous. You, you can't. That, <laughs> that will not work. I, I, mean, I feel like that would have been a much more compelling. I think that would have been a much more compelling conversation. I don't know. Yeah, I, I felt like the conversation in the cold open for episode eight was uh, presented in a way that seemed like the, the decision by Luce Theron was a lot more knee-jerk, a lot more reaction, uh, reactionary, a lot more of a trivial, just like, oh, yeah. well, I'm the strongest. I can take them. I, I want to do um, this. I want to do this. Yeah. Wouldn't rather that be great being, if I could do it? Yeah, rather than it being like the actual drawn out kind of thoughtful uh, conversation because at the end they disagreed because of they didn't disagree because of what the actions were they disagreed because of what the potential ramifications were if they right failed. right so they risk rewarded it and you know generally the the tamerlane felt that the risk was higher was too high to risk given the situation at hand right um which is a is a fair thing to come to because it's like well yeah we could win but we could also lose and lose half of all the Chandlers in the world in one fell stroke. Right. But uh, that's so, neither but, here nor there. Yeah. But when you know that Luz Theron wanted to seal the board, well, I, I believe he originally wanted to attack the Dark One to stop the forces of the Shadow when he got there and got into it and realized, I can't do this. I need to seal the boar. To at least cut them off from the Dark One. That happens. In that particular move, Luz Theron is also able, he manages to seal away all the Forsaken and essentially kick the can down the road, right? Like essentially just be like, I, I stopped it for now. The War of Power has come to an end. Now we can rebuild. Oops, no, because I, you know, because the Sidene is now tainted, men are now going to go insane. Um, well, he, go, he goes into the battle a lot in the same way Rand does, right? Yes. Rand goes in like, hey, it's time to kill the Dark One. You know, there's two opposing forces that make up all of reality, and I'm just going to go kill one of them. Um, and... I think it's in the battle. I, I think Lou Saren also realizes at the last minute that not only does he not have the power to kill yes. the Dark One, but that if he did, it would also be very terrible. Yeah. Um, so he stopgaps it, like you said. You know, kick yeah. the can down the road with stop with stopgap measures that you know it's it's kind of one of those things. He's like, huh, yeah. Um Tamerlan was kind of right. Now, were she here, we might would be okay. But it was right. Right. Huh. <laughs> oh, my bad. Um, he's, so in this stroke, he seals away the Forsaken, 
Demandrid being one of them. And at the end of the Eye of the World, when the seals, the first couple of seals are broken and the, the Forsaken are set free, Demandrid almost immediately sets off on his own. Most of the Forsaken take up places in different royalties and different houses and different places throughout the world. Not Demandrid. He fucks off immediately and goes looking for a song, Grial, um, known as Sakarnin, um, which is uh, sort of the male equivalent to Vora's Sangreal. It's the most powerful Sidene attuned Sangreal that we know of. Um, and he, he goes off looking for that. Um, his travels take him to Shara, oh, where shit, he it's begins. More powerful than Kalendor. Yeah. No, this thing is, is this, insane. Is this the same scepter that uh, Loghain sees? Yes. And gives up? Yes. Yes. So, so that's the thing, is when when Egwene takes out Demandred. No, no, no. No, uh, Demandred takes forces, takes uh, charge of the forces, gives the Sangreal to uh, Taim and says, there you go. Go kill a motherfucker. Oh, yeah. Egwene takes Taim out, who's using, who's channeling Balefire through the most powerful Sidene song, Grial, in existence. Like, literally, just like, fuck it. The pattern is rubbish. Let's destroy it. Egwene takes him out, uh, learns the, the weave, uh, the, the flame of Tarvalin. He makes it makes it, makes it, invents it, becomes a giant crystal, encases Taim in a giant uh, crystal. Boomy impersonation. You know, <laughs> yeah. Avatar, the last airbender. King Boomy. And, and uh, we, are, we are led to believe, it is presumed, though I don't know that it was confirmed, um, I'm, I'm clicking the link right now. I don't think it's confirmed. I think it's just like it collapsed when the crystal kind of forest or field collapsed. Yeah. And it, it, it is technically lost. It is I don't lost. Know if it is destroyed. We, we, we believe it to be destroyed. We believe it to be destroyed. Um, the, which this is actually kind of an interesting piece of the story as well. Because, as, as we've just got mentioned in the live chat, um, Demandred and Taim early on were suspected by the community to be the same person. Um, there were a number of there were a number of things. Now we've already done a deep dive on Taim, but there were a number of indicators. First one being that Taim was a also very tactful tactically brilliant on the field challenging and even beating davram bashir on the battlefield davram bashir of course being one of the five great captains you know rule over a little place called uh, baldea 
Saldea. Where they have uh, some experience fighting. Where they're literally tested, tried and true, blooded. Like, they know it. They've got it. Sparta without the cool Chevron shield. And probably um, with more clothes, because I think it gets probably cold. with more clothes. <laughs> um, and then the fact that the rest of the Forsaken had taken up positions of power, hiding in plain sight kind of a thing. Um, it was suspected early on that Taim was Demandred in disguise. And RJ, the, the, the popular theory goes that RJ uh, didn't like how quickly people put two and two together and changed the story. But if you ask Robert Jordan, um, he always was going to do it that way. Um, I don't think he ever admitted uh, that anybody could. Uh, I think the closest he got was saying something. It was infuriating when people guessed correctly something that he had hoped to be a big reveal later on down the road. <laughs> um, I mean, and I think at that point, he already, he did, I think he had two avenues for himself. Um, as I, regardless of what was said, the avenue to make the Mandarin and Tying the same person was always there until you met the Mandarin. All the way right. until then, you could still review, reveal Tying to be the Mandarin. But when he made the decision uh, that the Shiva was actually going to be the incognito forsaken. Um, it seemed like he had this rule about there can be only one yes. in any place. Yes. Um, which makes sense given the nature of how the forsaken work. But there's there's a little bit of clashing with that because the Mandred, um, immediately after talking with the Dark One at Shalgo about possibly becoming neighbors. And being told by the Dark One, like, hey, here's who's going to live and who's going to fucking die. Right. Goes out uh, and, and he creates an alliance between himself, Masana, and Simurag, um, uh, which presumably does aid in, in Simurag uh, being uh, giving Rand a hand, or rather taking it. Um, <laughs> but... I mean, it's it just, uh, there's too much that lines up between Mazarin Time and Demandred for right. uh, potentially the same. But I, I think at that time, I, th I think it came down that the, the, the Shiva wound up lining up better right. uh, and also hadn't been guessed by the fandom yet. And so he like called an audible and was like, well, Demandred isn't Taim. But Demandred sent time. That's different. Yeah, I like. So I, I like. I, I will say this: I like Deshiva being the Forsaken better than Taim. Um, I like. What was he Osing Osingar? Oh, that's funny. I clicked yes. on search and the Shiva is literally the second hyperlink. Yes. Yeah, Osengar. Yeah. Holy um, shit, I remember something. Yeah, you did good. I I like I like that Demandred kind of was absent. I, I, I really kind of liked that wild card aspect of, of his character. And it even showed why Rand so desperately needed the Sean Chan 
to side with him. He didn't know why. He just knew that he was told early on that if he did not have everyone in the Westlands on his side united as allies to fight in the last battle, they would lose. And it was the least that Sean Chen could do. You know, they kind of took a hand, so now it was their responsibility to give a hand. Right. Jerks. And fucking bastards. Demandra goes into Shara, starts fulfilling prophecies, becomes their prophesied uh, return savior, shows up at the last battle with an entire nation at his back, ready to lead, once again, lead the forces of the shadow against the forces of the light. They did one one thing before that, because just like many of the other Forsaken, he did pop up um, at, near Shadow Logoth uh, whenever Rand was trying to cleanse Sidene. Oh, that's, in that yes. battle, In that battle, I don't believe he showed up with the, uh, with the Scepter. I don't um, think he had it yet. And he almost died to Rand's guard. Like, the man dread was almost the man gone. Mm-hmm. Um, because I kind of, I, I generally keep forgetting about that part that he did actually almost die, not even to Rand, but some of Rand's guards. I mean, this is the dragon reborn and all of the reborn channeling souls, with possibly the exception of like the dragon's reborn soul and um, Amara Sue's reborn soul, are weaker than the Age of Legends people that Demandra both was and was used to fighting. So imagine, imagine the fucking like, ego hit that the Mandred had to take sitting there thinking about how he didn't almost die to lose Theron Reborn. He almost died to lose Theron's lackeys after Reborn in, a, in an age of weaker channeling. Um, so it makes a lot of sense why, like, as soon as he pops up in the last battle, you know, besides the obvious fact of it being the last battle, that he just starts things off with the seven. Right. So um, he, learns, he learned the lesson that nobody in Dragon Ball Z has ever learned. Just fucking go. <laughs> Get in it to win it and start. But. Well, and the thing is, you got... Oh, wait, he had extra insurance in the last battle, too, because he had a full circle of, like, 72 people. Yes. Yes, and he the did. He, he <laughs> and was, I was like, I am taking no chances. Which, I mean, hell yeah, dude. Get it, King. Um, I, I think it's, I think it's interesting that, cause what, okay. So, so we get a lot of callbacks to the war of power, right? It's now Demandred versus the forces of light. Demandred believes that he's fighting Luz Theron. He believes that Rand as the dragon reborn is leading the forces of the light. He of course is wrong. Um, he is fighting against uh, Matt, who at this point in time has the combined military tactical knowledge of hundreds of soldiers and generals and et cetera, et cetera. Um, interesting fun fact, uh, if you read the, the origins of the Wheel of Time, um, I can't remember what that was. Um, but the last battle uh, where Matt gives up the high ground, has his forces retreat from the heights, 
and uh, to make the forces, to make the Sharans believe that they're weak and tired and whatever, um, is actually is is play for play one of Napoleon's battles. Um, now, I <laughs> my personal headcanon for this is that Napoleon is one of the generals inside Matt's head. And so he sees Napoleon's tactics and says, we've got the exact same layout. We've got the exact same situation. This is what we're going to do because it worked for me in England in whatever. Oh, God, I gotta look it up now. What is that? Uh, I, I like saw the little voice activation bubble popping up on, on the computer. And then I started hearing like this voice. And apparently at some point I've told Siri to play Chances by Kay Tronda. Huh. Whoever that is. And Shay Leah. I, I thought just putting it on, you know what, I got to set it face down so that it just doesn't activate. That's just fucking stupid. But yeah, no, I like that. I mean, I would, I would definitely, you know, like to think that the generals we know uh, that are famous throughout history, you know, the Napoleons, the yeah. um, the Alexander the Greats, the Julius Caesars, the Mark Anthony, well, maybe not Mark Anthony, but maybe Mark Anthony, maybe, um, definitely not George Washington, um, because he was a shit general. Because uh, he got, because he wasn't even a general for the British military. Yeah, he was an absolute shit general. Um, yeah, Mad Dog Mattis for sure. Um, Patton. Um, maybe not MacArthur. Because Matt doesn't seem prone to like wanting to nuke everything in sight to solve a problem. <laughs> maybe a little bit of Eisenhower. Maybe a little bit Lucy this Grant. Oh, you've also got to give, I mean, we... I only in, really know American generals. In the United States, we've got a lot of generals. Little Genghis now, Khan. Some of them fight on the wrong side, but you cannot dismiss that you've got Stonewall Jackson. You've got General Lee. Granted, they were the bad guys. I'm not saying they were good guys, but they were good generals. They knew how yeah, to fight. I don't, I don't they understood war. And Matt, when he goes through these memories in his head, he often talks he talks about having conflicting feelings when he actually meets Arthur Hawkway because not only does he remember fighting with Arthur Hawkway he also remembers dying at Hawkwing's hands so you've got oh Hannibal is another great Lecter yes Hannibal Lecter ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes the famous general Hannibal Lecter <laughs> yeah uh, you... oh uh, Francis Marion that's a personal ah. favorite of mine the, the father of american guerrilla warfare there's um, there's there's actually my old unit the entire base was named after his nickname the swamp fox so there it is i know i've talked about it on the podcast before but go and look up sir francis marion yes motherfucker yeah. was a sir and still said i will run in and out of battles and then run through your ass hell yeah it worked you you've got to you, you know you you look at the the different situations you gotta you gotta say that you know Thanks, hey man. Would not surprise me if Matt had memories from the War of Power. I mean, he, he 
has probably fought Demandred before in his memory. He looks across the field at Demandred and we're like, this motherfucker. <laughs> hey, I know, I know you. <laughs> it's like uh, the scene from Deadpool whenever he uh, reunites with the guy from TGI Fridays in Jacksonville. Oh. <laughs> How's Carol still making that casserole? So, so bad for the waste, but so good. So good. He just knocks him out instead of killing him. What a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it only takes so like, I mean, not only does the Mandred lead this like massive circle of 72 people, which is more than we've seen, I believe, in any other circle to this point. Yes. And this is the first time we've only, seen a full circle. Yeah. Um, and then not only does he have literally the strongest Angriol on the battlefield, the, the entire battlefield, seconded only by by the one of Greenhouse, like you said earlier, the uh, Voros Angriol. Like, I'm going to say the Sakaran is stronger because at least it has a name right now, rather than I mean, just generic Voros Angriol. Um, now, well, yeah, and I think they, they even say that Voros Sangreal was named after Vora the Amarillan. I believe that's uh, who, who founded or wielded it or something. Yeah. Uh, but it's still like stronger than Kalinor, which is terrifying to think that there was a battle going on and it came down at some point between two Saw Angreal, both stronger than Kalinor. Um, right. Probably just in terms of raw power. I doubt they had like that oh so useful asterisk flaw slash not a bug it's a feature kind of thing um so but then yeah like you said he he surrenders the the sakaran to tight and he's like ah i got this i don't even need this now i feel comfortable now you know with my 72 person armed guard you don't you don't need that um lays the smack down on on an enchant uh, yeah almost an, <laughs> an enchanted Gawain. um uh, so beats Gawain in single combat, beats Galad in single combat, and is about to kill Galad in single combat before Loghain interrupts the rules of single combat, um, interferes with the fight, letting Galad escape, and then Evandred's like, huh, you fucking bitch. All right, I'll kill you instead. Uh, and then Loghain pulls like uh, what I feel is like a very much Black Tower move and is like, you know what's stronger than the one power right now? This fucking rock in my hand. And just hits him in the head with a rock. And then, runs <laughs> and then finally, after all this, the Mandra comes face to face with Lant, the best swordsman that we Hands know down. of in the Hands entire down. Westland. Best swordsman. And still, uh, the only way for, for Lant to land a fatal blow on the Mandra is to essentially resolved to dying himself yes um which, which let's be fair he would have died had you know a certain fate boy not shown up and been like no land you live so fun story the only person will be sheathing a sword today is me there is there is a scene in a new spring where lan is in a fight with someone and they best him. Like they best land. He's a young land, right? He hasn't learned all the tricks and everything like that. 
And the guy cuts him and says, all right, you're done. You're, you're done. I've got you. You're done. You're dead. I bested you. I'm better than a sword with you. Lan lost in sword to sword combat. Hands down, he lost. But the guy blooded him and then turned his back and was like, ha I win. And Lan kills him. And Lan has the famous line of, you know, basically, you don't lose until you're dead. And I I think that's a pre Sounds like sore loser talk. It was it was foreshadowing to the battle with Demandrid. I really, I really, really think that. Because that's exactly what happens in the battle with Demandrid, where Demandrid basically thinks, okay, cool, yeah, you're done. I've cut you. You're going to bleed out any second now. You're done. You're dead. And Lan is able to use that to his advantage and manages to smack something down before, as you said, <laughs> he gets miraculously rescued. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. To me, that, that sounds like sore loser talk. I mean, you were bested. But now there is something to be said about the fault of hubris. Right. Whenever you best somebody and just assume they're no longer. I mean, this is why, like, the military and law enforcement, everybody's trained that, like, if they're moving, they can still kill you, kind of thing. Like, it's, it's a bit of morbid training uh, dialogue right. used. But the reality is, um, and we, we've seen it time and time again, it gets trained because it's been seen. It's happened. There's been people right. that have been in combat and have received wounds that by all market and oftentimes do turn out to be fatal but they're not out of the fight immediately um in fact very rarely does somebody get hit uh by something that's not you know measured in the pounds of explosives uh area um, <laughs> rarely does somebody get hit by something that immediately just cease to right. be. Um, as long as there is breath in the body there is a threat to present so that being said, it's, uh, it's definitely poor sportsmanship right definitely poor sportsmanship. that was a very sportsman of, of land now all's fair <laughs> in love and war and this is kind of both but right he gets a he gets a a, a a d for sportsmanlike conduct but an a for commitment and effort i i will say this that it should also be noted that Lan was actually in the thick of it, fighting with sword in hand for I don't know how long. Like, how tired was he when he went up against Demandred? Like, come on now. And Demandred is fresh, essentially. And yeah. still only barely takes out Lan. Because Lan, you know, she's the sword. Lan takes him out. And it's that moment of chaos. It is the fall of Demandred that gives Matt a brief advantage to press the forces of the shadow and ultimately overcome them in every single location except for at Shile Ghoul. They're able to regroup, march on Shile Ghoul, you know, take take out those forces, and then because of the weird time dilation effect, uh, 
you know, Rand and the Dark One end up fighting for like several weeks after <laughs> everybody else is done. But yeah. Demandred, God, what a what a what a scary guy. Yeah. Land beheads him and then finally Mo Gideon and like her last one of her last acts or whatever, just like, oh, ah, yeah. your body's disgusting. Goodbye. Yeah, she burns him up and says, You suck. Final thoughts on Demandred. I think he was definitely, I, I will say, with the possible exception of Moradin, he was the smartest Forsaken. Um, he's the Forsaken who was careful, methodical, tactical. He did an extraordinarily good job of building up an army, rallying a nation to his cause, and gaining their loyalty and love. Um, yeah, he, he just did a really amazing job of doing exactly what the Dark One needed the Forsaken to do. And it... Yeah, I mean, he's just one of the few that actually seemed to do their job really, really well. Um, you had you had a couple of, like, we had talked about his alliance with Semarag and Masana. And Semarag was kind of like, I really don't care to be nameless. I just want to kind of do my own thing and be left alone. But if I can help Demandred, he can take all the credit. Fine. He can be nameless. Fine. And I can be the one who just was able to help. And I don't have to worry about competing, and I won't have to worry about getting punished because he'll become Nablius and then leave me alone. And I think for that reason, I think Demandred's probably one of, if not the scariest Forsaken, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say that he was a far, that he was a better Forsaken than uh, any of the others, including Morgan. Um, in, in my opinion, Demandred, just like the Dark One uh, offered, should have been Nablus. Um, Demandred doesn't die uh, until everything is done. <laughs> Demandred does far more uh, to prep the forces of the Shadow for potential victory. He works uh, towards the goals the Dark One actually wants. Um, and because they also do align with his own personal desires, you know, um, which makes sense. But that's part of what makes him such a formidable uh, Forsaken. Right. And he doesn't spend his time dealing with uh, messy alliances that don't go anywhere or don't pan out or squabbles with the other Forsaken. He shows up, he has this meeting with the boss, and the boss tells him, hey, this is a lot of what's going to happen. He comes out of that with the newfound information uh, with the idea that there's a very good chance that he will be Nablus. He makes a alliance with people he considers effective and useful for said alliance um, that do turn out to be successful. I mean, just the alliance with Simarog does eventually lead to Demandred having a physical advantage should he get into a one-on-one -on -one fight. With he also Durant. specifically seeks out Forsaken he knows is going to live. Yeah. Um, and then he also, like, his sheer appearance... Uh, 
after the fruits of his efforts for the past, you know, several years, you know, year and a half, two years, because he didn't just like take over Sara over like the last couple of decades. He wasn't like Ishmael who had, you know, 40 years every 960 years to lay the groundwork. Demandred was released, met with the boss, showed up, not only immediately sought out the most powerful song or all that he could get a hold of minus the Choden call and get it. But he literally took over an entire continent or an entire, uh, an entire nation by fulfilling prophecies. So he did it in a very bloodless and a very effective way that would assure the loyalty of the Sarans to him because they believed that he was the prophesied one to show up. So I'm, I'm going to say that he was far, that, that he was at least as smart as, if not smarter than Morgan slash Ishmael, and that he was far more effective, and that by not giving Demandred access to the true power, uh, or the true source, well, yeah, no true power, um, that the Dark One actually kind of, kind of kneecapped his own forces. Right. Because I think a Demandred that had access to the true power in the last battle, as much as he swatted everything away already, nothing would have been close. And that might be expressly why in the writing that he wasn't given access to the true power. Because how do you defeat a guy that has a circle of 72, the strongest uh, saw on Gryal that you can get your hands on uh, realistically right now? And you give him the true power? I, I think I think there was an up, uh, an update patch released and Demandrip was nerfed in the end. I don't think I don't think they would have won because he's single-handedly like the the both sides were relatively even the shadow and the light until the mandrake showed up and then everything swayed heavily in favor of the yes. shadow. Um, and then plot armor came in play and right plot armor will beat tactics and, and preparedness every time unless that's you're true that's true so, but, 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 you know but, what? That's my takeaway. Demandred got nerfed and ripped off and should have been the, the sole survivor at the end of this. Had Demandred not gotten nerfed and jipped out of his promotion, had he not come in second again, except for <laughs> the Shadow would have won, and that would have been the story. And that's expressly why Demandred never got access to the how, how stupid would that be, though, if that was the end of the story? Demandred wins. <laughs> All the uh, 14 book build up just for the bad guys to still just for the bad guys to win. Rand steps out of the boar only to find an army of Trollocs and Shadow Squad is like, oh shit, we lost. They're all they're holding the heads of all of his friends. <laughs> Matt's there, Perrin's there, Gwen, Elaine, obviously. Very, uh, very dark. They even standing there holding Nakomi's head. And it's like, yeah, you've been gone for like six years, bro. We we wiped out everybody, like. We marked everyone. You're done. The manager's just sitting there, like, picking his tooth with a sword. (laughs) About time you showed back up. Oh, you beat the Dark One? Well, that's a shame, because uh, I Uh, am the Dark One. Oh, boy. Well, thanks, everybody, for being here. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for being awesome. Um, We love you. We're grateful to have you here. Um, as always, go to blacktowerpod.com, your one-stop shop for all Black Tower podcast needs and things. Um, we thank you for uh, behaving yourselves while we dole out this week's dose of taint. We hope that you leave here just a 
little bit more insane than you were when you first came in. Hope you had a good Christmas if you celebrate. If not, hope it was a good holiday uh, weekend for you. And is this episode coming out on the 30th? Yes, this will be on the 30th. So and, happy uh, New Year's. This, yeah, so this coming weekend, um, enjoy responsibly. You know, if you've uh, if you've drinking a Black Tower drink, uh, a Black Tower's worth of uh, taint, maybe you don't need to be the one lighting the M8. Just the same. Yeah. Yeah, be safe. Be safe. Don't don't add to or take away from the population, and uh, don't and make if you do any find yourself in prison. New established dominance quick bills for yourself or any loved ones. From all of us here at the Black Tower, I have been your Sorvan Mahal, Josh, and I have been your Bajan Mahal, Andrew. And your Amon Khan, Mahal Daniel, is waving that flag up and down the, well, probably more up than down the West Coast. Um, so, but he'll be back soon. Um, and uh, we'll see him next year. Uh, make that joke again. <laughs> and I'm sure if he were here, he would say something like, we hope you're having a wonderful evening or afternoon. And in case we don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Well, that's what he says, right? Have a good time of day. Insert time of day. Insert. Always running. Bye bye. Trouble just fitting.